Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Steve. And would you believe it, you're listening to Voulez-Vous with Zach and Steve. On this year's episode, we talk about the most important ABBA news, but most significantly, the film release of Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. And here we go again. How can I resist you? (laughs) (laughs) What a crazy day When I kissed the teacher All my sense had gone away When I kissed the teacher My whole past went wild As I held my breath The walls were still But then she just It has been a very long time since we have recorded this podcast. I think it's been two years, but I don't remember. It has. I don't I don't want anyone out there to worry that we have not spoken in that time frame because we have spoken regularly, but not uh, on microphones. I was about to say not about ABBA, but that's not true. We've talked about that. That's not true. We do talk about <laughs> ABBA a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We, just not on mics. This is not us going again. This is us going again and again and again, like we've gone again and again for the past two years. That's right. This is (laughs) simply a continuation of our everyday lives. My only regret really is that we weren't able to see this movie together. Oh my God. (laughs) I couldn't. You would have been embarrassed or maybe heartwarmed (laughs) to have seen this with me. I think it would be lovely to see it together. Yeah, it feels like the right way for us to really commemorate our friendship to see it together. It does. Spoiler alert, I would see this movie almost every day, and I think I'd be pretty pleased. (laughs) Uh, But just to catch people up, because it's been two years, in one minute, Zach, what are you up to? Um, Well, the last two years, what have I been up to? Currently, I am still working with A Great Big World. Um, We have a new single that's out now. We have a new record that we've completed and uh, that should be out hopefully before the end of the year. And otherwise, I'm still making my own music and producing some artists here in New York and doing gigs here in New York and uh, just sort of living life. Things have been good. How, how about you, Steve? I am still in Columbus, Ohio. I am currently a software developer for a healthcare company, which is a kind of abrupt change of pace, but it's felt like a long time coming. But my life in the Midwest is what you would expect a life in the Midwest to be. It's lots of Target. Uh, From time to time, I'll go to a bath and body works and buy a candle. Uh, Yeah, but that's it. Software developer, Ohio. Still got my pup pizza. Still listen to a lot of ABBA. But that's it. That's wonderful. Yeah, pretty wonderful, truth be told. Can I say amusingly... I have forgotten that most people in Columbus do not know that I had a podcast about ABBA. Ah. So when people were like, what are you up to tonight? I was like, oh, you know, recording a reunion episode of my ABBA podcast. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what? (laughs) It was so much that, like, people in my life in New York knew it. Yeah. But I moved here and everybody and everything was so different. And we stopped really recording. And the people that I worked with, because I was working food service back then like they didn't know about it but like now nobody knows about it and i will say there is revived interest among people about hearing more episodes uh but i just thought that was that was good um well there's there's more to talk about i mean we we something i'm proud of is that we did 
accomplish our original goal of listening to and discussing all of the albums. True. And so let's talk about the news. I think this was like a year and a half ago about ABBA had like some sort of commemorative event and they all sang together for the first time in like 30 years or some ridiculous number. That's right. That's right. And they did, was it the way old friends do? I believe so, which is unbelievable. What a song. Yeah. So good and so appropriate. I believe there was a second one and it was shocking what it was. And we were baffled that they would choose that. But there's a lot of baffling. There's a lot of baffling ABBA things uh, when it comes to song choices, which we might get to when we talk about the film. Um, (laughs) Sure. And then the other ABBA reunion news being in April of this year that uh, ABBA got back in the studio to record two brand new songs, which got everybody excited because they will not only be included in a TV special that will air in December of this year called ABBA, Thank You for the Music, an all-star tribute. Uh, but oh, also- I didn't know that part. Oh, yeah, it's a TV special. Are you kidding me? Oh. I hope I, oh. I hope Nicole Scherzinger is on it. Oh, my God, well, I hope you know- she's on it. I'm sure she will be. That seems fitting. And and last year, I think it was a year ago or maybe two years ago at this point, there was a similar thing for the Bee Gees. Oh. Uh, on like ABC or CBS, they did like a holiday time okay. special. And I, and I thought it was really great. It actually, uh, it kind of made me want to do a, a singular uh, or a single Bee Gees episode of this podcast. Because oh, yeah. I feel like there is some some overlap there and uh one thing that fascinates me is is that the Bee Gees became an enormous success in america where abba never did yeah i find that very interesting and i would love to get into what that's about but they did do a uh a similar thing last year so so i'm hoping that it's something like that uh because it was very well produced and um and they picked mostly the right people like it didn't feel like one of those kind of clumsy uh let's get modern stars who are not appropriate for this kind sure. of events like um how much we are all dying for cardi b to do winner takes it all yeah and and post malone's take on uh <laughs> take a chance on me would be wonderful post malone who every i like i don't listen to a lot of music these days I'm just a podcast guy, but I love that every article I read about Post Malone is like, Post Malone, blah, 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 blah. He's also really fucking gross. Like, (laughs) (laughs) every subtitle is like, he's hard to look at and probably difficult to smell. Um, Yeah, it's it's a big part of his appeal, I think. Well, on top of the TV special, they're also doing a an ABBA tour, I believe, with holograms, which I would 100% pay money for. Are you kidding absolutely. me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We would have to find a way to try to see it together. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, so that is the big news in terms of ABBA reunion. Brand new songs, brand new recording, a TV special, and a hologram tour, which honestly seems like a fucking cornucopia at this point. I Listen, I don't want to say that this is because of us sure but i also don't want to rule that out you know i feel like we 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 certainly created quite a groundswell in the abba community uh and i think maybe it's led to this and and finally our our life's work as podcasters is coming to fruition 
there have been a lot of people on on 4chan who have put together a really interesting theory about how you and I have had an effect on ABBA coming back. It's called Abanon, hashtag Abanon. Mm. And it's a way, you know, it's like an overarching theory of the world that shows that we've been really pulling at the strings, really getting people out of their horse farms, uh, getting them out of their Swiss chalets and just back into the studio. So thank you, Abba, for doing, doing what we've been asking all these years and all of our fans out there. By the way, that reminds me, uh, this is a total aside. Do you remember the hashtag power for Anifried? <laughs> do I remember the hashtag power for Anifried? Of course yes. I do. God, amazing. Uh, I have I to think, say... I think those may be the, the people who are responsible for this ABBA revival that we're living in. Oh, yeah. I have to say, like, uh, part of the past two years has been me dropping out of a lot of social media. I left Facebook. I left Twitter. I am very yeah, soon same. to leave Instagram. Um, oh, interesting. And so for me, uh, I really think I stayed on Twitter a long time because I liked the people who liked Voulez-Vous. And it was a really good way for me to interact with people. Yeah. Um, so my apologies for people who are, who like, I, who like sent things to us or retweeted or excuse me, like wanted us to comment. And I'm just not on Twitter anymore. Uh, I find social media difficult to be on. Um, we, we do, we do still have the Voulez-Vous cast Twitter account though. And I think, uh, when this gets released, uh, I for one will at least, Check that out. So if you do For have sure. anything to communicate to us, um, please use that because Zach Jones music and There Is Thunder are gone. Yeah. Also, Not from the world, but from Twitter. I still do have the Voulez-Vous cast Gmail account attached to my phone. So, Oh, well, that's great too. Voulez-Vous yeah, cast yeah, yeah. at gmail.com. Get, find us there as well. Because we, we do love to hear from you and love to hear your thoughts about this stuff. And also... If we're missing out on uh, ABBA news because there's so much of it, um, please let us know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Zach, can you get to the second piece of important ABBA news? Well, uh, the second piece of ABBA news is uh, sort of unbelievable for me to even say out loud. Uh, But Cher is releasing an ABBA covers album. It's incredible. Now, this is... This is very directly related, obviously, to this film. We wanted to save the the, the movie discussion for uh, last, but it, it it is it is really quite something. I am genuinely interested in the chicken or the egg of this scenario. Sure. I'm ass- I'm assuming that due to her uh, star turn on Fernando and Super Trooper, she decided to have a go at some other ABBA classics, but. Uh, is it possible that it was the other way around and that Mamma Mia 2 is a promotional <laughs> stunt? Nope. She said, she said to the Today Show, quote, after I did Fernando in the movie, I thought it would be really fun to do an album of ABBA songs. So I did. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the, singer, you go. the singer revealed that she didn't take a straightforward approach to her renditions. Quote, it's not what you'd think of when you think of ABBA. Because I did it in a different way, she explained, which honestly spells trouble. Like, <laughs> well, or or it's like she thinks she did it in a different way, and it's really just ABBA karaoke, which is kind of what her tracks on the film are. 
That's right. That's right. That's like when uh, an artist is like, I just really wanted to approach a pop song from a new angle. And you listen, you're like, oh, that's, a, that's a pop song. Yeah, it's, it's different because you're singing it. <laughs> but otherwise, this sounds exactly the same. Or they're like, I remember we recorded the sound of someone hitting two spoons against a tin pan in one song. And then you listen to it and you're like, oh, that was sampled and mixed really, really low in the background. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm glad that that matters so much to you. Yeah. The, I mean, we found out because Cher unveiled the track list on, for the album on her Twitter I think most importantly, she misspells Mamma Mia as Moma Mia. I love that. Which I might, love that. Which might be, <laughs> that might be her doing it in a different way. Yeah, yeah maybe she pronounces it Moma. <laughs> Moma Mia. I love, I, I love that she managed to do that, even though like the name of the film that she's in is called Mamma Mia 2. She, like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how that happened. It would be great if for all these years, this is how we find out she was dyslexic. Like, she had just been looking at the movie posters and was like, Mamma Mia, that's crazy. <laughs> they, I don't even, they don't even bring up the name of the museum in the movie. I don't even know why they talk about it. Like, <laughs> like what, what, are the, what are some of the other songs? Do you have the list in they're front all of you? Pre- yeah, it's pretty predictable. Waterloo, uh-huh. Gimme Gimme, yeah, sure. Dancing Crown Emoji. Uh, yeah, yeah. Chikatita, Name of the Game, Moma Mia, One of Us, Winner Takes It All. Also, I'm sorry if you can hear the neighbor's dog in the fucking phone. Oh, it's all right. Dogs, everyone in Columbus has a dog and they're always barking, except for my dog. Yeah. Uh, winner Takes It All, SOS, and then track number 10 is exclamation point question mark. Which, right, so there's a surprise on there. There's a surprise, and I hate to spoil the surprise, but it is king kong song <laughs> it's a king kong song if you want to sing along listen to the music Ooh, everybody's it's a going tropical on. Love land. <laughs> i will put it out here i think she would sound really good singing king kong song <laughs> yeah it, it's actually it's 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 very shared that song Do you i know think what, um what would be the worst I, song for her to sing with the way she handles her oh, the, the the i think the pick a bale of cotton medley would be objectively <laughs> terrible i was thinking a terrible song for her would be soldiers so that song has enough illegible lyrics to begin with with lots of s's and that would just be it would be simlish as far as we knew yeah yeah uh, so that's the big news. Cher's releasing a full album of ABBA covers. Um, unbelievable. <clears throat> unbelievable. Is there a name Super for excited. it? No, not yet. No release date I feel like it's going to be something punny and terrible, and I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I hope so, too. I hope so. Now, Zach, do you just want to get into Mama Huga, otherwise known as Mama Mia, Here We Go Again? I, I, there's nothing I want more, Steve. Zach, tell me the story of you going to see Mama Huga. I went with my sister, mm-hmm. Natalie, with my girlfriend, Hannah, and with mm-hmm. our friend, Justin. Mm-hmm. Um, the latter two are not fans of ABBA. <laughs> and, <laughs> Offensive. And my, and my sister kind of is, I would say. Um, my, my sister, I think, more was probably going because it's a movie musical and... So she wanted to see it. So I did not know that Hannah is not a fan of ABBA. <laughs> Are you for real? Uh, 
it's a it's a tough pill to swallow, to be honest. My <gasps> but 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 it is what it is. Uh, she she I think she enjoys some of the songs sometimes, but I definitely would not. Uh, she would not call herself a fan. Woof. Um, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but that's okay. And uh, you know, not everyone in a relationship has to like all the same things. Not all the things, um, but maybe some of the best music ever recorded. But that's <laughs> you can take it up with her. Yeah. I, oh, um, oh, I will. Oh. Uh, yeah, so we went together. It was a Sunday afternoon, I believe, and um, yeah, I, I here's the thing. I, I have to confess to you. I I saw the the play obviously with you. We saw yep. the musical live on yep. stage. I still haven't seen the the film, the first film. Sure. Um, so I kind of knew uh, generally who everybody was, but it took me a minute to put together which of the young versions of the guys corresponded with the older versions of the guys. Sure. Um, once I sorted that out, everything was sort of uh, clear and made sense. Uh, what was your experience of seeing the film? You went with your mom, right? I went with my mom. The movie came out the day of one of my best friend's wedding. Uh, not the movie. It's an incredible movie, but an actual best friend's wedding. And I could not go all that weekend. So I got back from the wedding on a Sunday, reoriented my life on Monday, and told my mom, we have to go see this on a Tuesday. So we went to go see it. And I will admit, when I saw the trailers in the movie theater, I immediately started to cry because I got excited. You will remember, you and I did not love the show. (laughs) No. It's not a good show. No, it's not. Uh, it's not. And and the 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 way that the way that they prop up uh some of the song choices with the plot is so flimsy and haphazard. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, yeah, so I I I I, I, w- I was really only excited uh because it has ABBA songs in it and because I thought I would enjoy it in a sort of campy uh this is terrible but it's fun sort of way. Yeah. I thought I might hate it. Like I was like, I'm excited to hear ABBA songs, but I'm pretty sure I'll hate it. Yeah. And I had visceral after visceral bodily reaction. Like I gasped three times. Uh Uh-huh. I like cheered out loud once. I clapped like in sheer like pleasure twice. And I wept like four times the first time I saw it. I could not believe how much I was enjoying myself. It it was like I was in the pit of a Shakespeare play in like 1496 or whatever. Like Yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a better time than the first one. I feel like because maybe they have kind of leaned into the idea that uh it's not so good and it just needs to be fun. Yeah. Um I I think also the the younger actors are bringing it a bit harder than uh, some of the big stars did in the first film. Even though I haven't seen the first film, I've seen enough clips and heard the soundtrack, and that's really all I need uh, to understand what that experience probably is. Um, But it was cool to see some actual theater performers cast, and, uh, and I think the younger actors are funny and charming and do a really good job um with the songs and with the 
uh, kind of okay story and book writing. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, overall, I loved it. I've seen it two times. I was going to go yesterday for a third time, but MoviePass has surge pricing, so I did not want to spend an extra five twenty-five on top of what I already paid for MoviePass. Uh, sure. So I have seen it two full times, and I fully intend to see it at least in another two full times in the movie theater because I love it so, so much. Like it's it's a blast. If if you haven't seen it yet, uh, do go. And also don't listen to the rest of this until you do, because uh, we're going to get into it a little bit and, and uh, there will be some spoilers, yeah. but we'll be here for you when you return oh, uh, yeah. from the multiplex. Like, to be, like I just want to preface all of my comments that I'm going to make about this movie by saying I 100% love it and it might be the most fun I've ever had in a movie. Like, That's wonderful. Before this, I would say the most fun I had was during Guardians of the Galaxy. This took the fucking cake. I love this movie unabashedly. Is it a great movie? No. It is an incredible movie, however. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's get into it. The, the, right. the premise, the premise uh, where, where we start with this whole thing is that... Um, Amanda Seyfried's character, whose name I can't remember, Sophie, Sophie, um, is is fulfilling her mother's dream of turning this little uh, spot uh, on this Greek island into a uh, hotel bed and breakfast sort of thing for very rich guests. And we learn that Donna Meryl Streep's character is dead. Mm-hmm. That is the, how this movie starts. That's the jumping off point. For yeah. this film, yep. Flashback, uh, and we're going to see Donna in her youth, discovering the island, discovering herself, discovering the men, the dads, discovering the dads, and uh, and discovering the music of ABBA. Yeah, absolutely. And it flips between these two timelines, going between Sophie trying to set up this like big opening party for Hotel Belladonna, as it's called. And, um, right. Excuse me. And the past of like Sophie meeting these men coming to the Island and falling in love with it. I will say, I think the whole movie is premised on the central theme that Sophie is a terrible person. Like I don't, it's like the most amount of suspense, like the most disbelief you have to suspend is not that they're breaking into song, but that any of these people want to be around her. Like yeah, it's it's also the the thing that I I kind of th- there there's a conflict early in the film where um Sophie and her boyfriend fiance whatever he is um she's a, she's in Greece and he's back in New York and he's learning the hotel business from some New York hotel people. Oh, did I and, mean Sophie? I mean Donna. I think Donna's a Oh, you a mean Donna's person. a terrible person. Oh, understood. Yes. See, I, I one thing that I sort of took issue with was that it, ultimately um, Sophie's drive to um, sort of stay in this place that her mother built and kind of, to me, just sort of like chase her mother's ghost around this island uh, was greater than considering what uh, what other options there were for her and her partner and and what their life could look like outside of 
sort of fulfilling this dream of her mother's. Yeah, it's a little like I would have a hard time if I was her husband, Scott. Sky. 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 I think his name's right. Sky. Somehow that's if, his name. If I was Sky and my wife was like, I'm obsessed with my mom. I have to live on this weird fucking island and have this like like hotel named after my mom. I'd be like, I think you should probably see a therapist. Like, seems like you have a lot of attachment issues. Right. But what also, is that about? What's that about? Let's talk about it. Um, I find Sophie to be charming, though. She seems to be aware of people around her. Donna does not give a shit about what's going on around her. She's just like, I'm living life. Fuck everybody else. Like, I I made a list of all the reasons why she's terrible. Uh, First is she squanders her ambition. Like, she was voted, like, top of her class or whatever, like the student speaker at Oxford. And she shows up late to graduation in a tacky outfit. Yeah. Takes the stage and sings a song about like making it like when I kiss the teacher, which is a really good song with a really questionable theme. Uh, And they're like, good luck. You're going to do great things. And she's like, I think I'm just going to fuck a bunch of guys in Greece. Uh, Yeah. She is a property squatter. She just lands on this island and then like lives in this abandoned house. Doesn't seem to bother to care who owns it or if she should but stay she does, there. But she does take very good care of the horse, which which will end up oh, we'll serving her well in the long horse. run. Yeah. And then she like has these best friends that she treats kind of like garbage. Like they come all the way to Greece to see her and she spends most of the time with a man on his boat having sex with him. Yeah, that really bothered me. How, how she they're they're together for like two hours, and then this this guy shows up, and she's like, "Hey, I gotta I gotta go." The dynamos, Donna and the you. dynamos. Thanks so much for coming. And also, yeah, we see the we see the 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 birth of Donna and the dynamos, and the evolution of Donna and the dynamos. They come to this weird island with all of their clothes and their outfits, so they can perform at this weird little bar. And they get there, and she's like, I can't sing joyful things because I'm not feeling happy. Like, Uh, are you kidding me? Your friends came here to perform in this weird, shitty bar in a nowhere island in Greece. It's a gig. It's a gig. Get out there and sing it. Do you think Lady Gaga felt like she was born this way every day of the the year? No. She's probably like, no, guys. I was actually born that way. Go go watch her documentary. You'll you'll see what it's like to be Gaga, Eggs. and she shows up. Yeah, she, she shows sh- up and she brings it. Sophie, not Sophie. Great, Donna is not a real performer, and she's an asshole. And they're like, "Well, sing about what you actually feel," and then she sings what she actually feels. But like, shut the fuck. And then they they finish the song after her friends just propped her up and forced her to sing what she said she was going to do. Then she runs off on a boat, and her friends are like, "It's fine, it's fine." She's sad. She should have sex. Yeah, v- incredibly supportive friends uh, to a fault, I would say. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, she ignores her friends. She squanders her ambition. She's a property squatter. Also, she starts fights with goats. Like, she seemed pretty anti-PETA to me, this whole movie. But you, but, okay, was it me or did you kind of think for a second that she was going to fuck the goat? <laughs> with those come on over here eyes? And what, it's during it's during some very wistful song. Oh, name of the game. 
Yeah, yeah. It's like, what is the name of the game with you and this goat? Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's going to have a fight with it. But for a second, you're like, huh. Maybe this is the name of the game. The name of the yeah, game is goat. Yeah, making some very deep eye contact. Yeah. The but, name of the game is goat. It's baffling that they miss her so much because I think all she ever did was do insane shit and not consider other people. And they're like, God, she was so full of life. And I'm like, I think she all gaslit you. Like, (laughs) I think Donna was actually a terrible person. Yeah. She does show up uh, as a ghost, though, to sing later in the movie, which I I do appreciate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad she could drop in as a ghost and and give us a little number before she shuffles off to Buffalo. So when people, like, were sad that Meryl Streep wasn't in it, I like Meryl Streep, but I hate older Donna. Like, in the last film when she was, like, wearing those weird overalls and, like, jumping on the bed and acting like a lunatic. I was like, this is a mentally ill woman. I don't want to spend time around her. (laughs) Like, so when they were like, she's dead, I was like, thank God. Sophie is generally even keeled. It seems like it needed to happen to to move the the whole thing forward. And also, presumably, Meryl Streep did not want to be involved. She did. She did. I think the problem was when I was reading about it is in order for her to be in the movie, they had to like, they would have to figure out a block of time where she would be able to film the entire thing. And they couldn't figure out a a story. They didn't say this, but I think it essentially was a scheduling problem where they were like, it would be hard to find that time where all of these people could get together. So this was kind of like the happy medium between all of it. Like, her schedule, everybody's schedule, and a storyline. Speaking of that, there are a couple amazing moments. Uh, once Cher enters the film, which is like oh my the God. very end of the film, there are a couple of amazing moments of just a solo shot of Cher reacting to something, and you just know <laughs> that she is not anywhere near the action that is taking place. She flew in for one day. They did everything they needed to do. Mm-hmm. And and they were like, all right, let's pick up some reaction shots just so it looks like she's she's uh, present for these activities. And she gives you kind of a, oh, look at that. And a, oh, that was funny. Before I forget, I was looking up, I was like reading stories, articles, everything I could find about it. A little tidbit that I found interesting in IMDb was that when Julie Walters, who plays uh, Rosie, the short-haired older one. Yes. Uh when she met Cher on set, she got so excited, she ran into her and gave her a hug. And then her glasses got caught in Cher's blonde wig, tarnishing the wig, requiring them to make an entirely new wig for Cher. Oh, my God. <laughs> Incredible. How is that real? Like, what was How the hair made that out wig, of? Huh? Also, were her glasses made out of tar? Like... <laughs> I can't, I can't figure out how her glasses tarnished the wig. Yeah, maybe maybe they got snagged on there or something. That's, that is interesting. That wig is something else. Oh, my God. Her wig when she came off the helicopter at the party, fantastic. Her wig during Super Trooper was insane. That whole sequence is really something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's 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 back up. Let's I've I've got the track list for the soundtrack in front of me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. why don't we why don't we talk about the songs and and uh and we can get into some more of the story uh via the songs. Absolutely. Um so it, my recollection is that the first song you actually hear in the movie is a little bit of Thank You for the Music. 
yep. being sung by Amanda Seyfried. Um, and it's okay. And then the first real number that we get is When I Kissed the Teacher, yes. which has been repurposed to be uh, Lily James, who plays Donna, young Donna, is singing, and she's singing it about a woman, which is different from the record um, and was probably a very good choice and is somehow less upsetting when you think about that song. Yes. It's... What I like is that that's a song that I think I tend to mentally skip over because I don't like the subject matter. Just like sure. the song about the janitor having a threesome with a mom and her daughter, two for the price of one. Uh, oh, God. Do you remember that one? No. It's a really good song with terrible lyrics. I guess lyrics. I blocked that one out. Yeah. Uh, that song really highlights how great the background vocal arrangements for ABBA songs are. Like that whole song is covered. Like that whole song is just carried by the rhythm of the background vocals. And there's so many ABBA songs where like the chugga chug rhythm of the background vocals act as like another rhythm track. Yeah, absolutely. Like take a chance on me is like that. Um, Super troopers like that. Um, Love Light is like that. There's just like these great rhythmic uh, background vocals. Uh, the Visitors is like that. And the when all of the students are singing When I Kiss the Teacher, it's so euphoric and it's so excellent. And I think significantly, this song features a cameo oh my in God. appearance only. Yes. From, Bjorn. I don't know how to pronounce his full name. Bjorn. Bjorn Alveas. Alveus. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Our boy Bjorn. He's that, right there. That was my first gasp. When they showed him, I gasped yeah, so loudly and so dramatically. My mom turned to me in the movie theater and I was like, it's Bjorn from Abba. He's in well, the movie too. Well, and at that point, my assumption is, oh my God, they're all going to be in this. Oh, oh my God. Can you, if they... I would actually flip my fucking shit if they turned to Agneta or Anifried. I just thought that that they would show up in some capacity. And I I guess maybe they don't feel as inclined to show up because they don't make as much money off of this stuff as the guys do. Sure. But, um, yeah, I I, I had this feeling like, oh my God, we're going to see all of them. Maybe not at the same time, but they're going to show up. Spoiler, we, we do not. We only we get not. to see the gentleman, but yes, it's true. still a real, it's a real pleasure. And yeah. once you see a Bjorn in the first act, uh, y- you, you are right to look for a Benny in the second act and you <laughs> will receive it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So then, uh, so, so that takes place during Donna's like college graduation. She yep. decides she's going to go off and go on a solo voyage around the globe and try to find where she, uh, belongs. And yep. uh, meanwhile, in present day, uh, Sophie and Skye are having uh, a bit of an issue, a bit of a breakup, and that brings us to One of Us. What yes. a song to what include song. in this film. Yeah. It's got some real The Boy Is Mine type cinematography. Like, I kept, yeah, it, <laughs> <laughs> I kept thinking what a joy it would be if they actually reused the wall from The Boy Is Mine to record this. Uh, they may have. But what's so... The, the thing I... I love the song. 
I found it troubling that they were like, oh my gosh, I miss you. Oh my gosh, I miss you. Hey, I got a job offer in New York. And she's like, what? But the hotel. And they're like, well, I guess we have to get a divorce. What? Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a lot of, uh, <laughs> not a lot of leeway there. Not yeah. a lot of compromise. It's, it seems like they've never really hit the road bumps as a couple. Uh, like yeah, this was not, their huh? first time ever having, a, it's like when you have your first girlfriend or boyfriend, I wouldn't know, in seventh grade. And you're like, and you got in a disagreement about like homework or something. You're like, well, I guess we break up. Like, no, guys, you talk yeah. through it. That's kind of what relationships are. Yeah, uh, they yeah. don't seem to work through that. Thank- thankfully, they don't because we really need to hear the song. Yeah, what a song! Oh my god, it is. I I, I did sort of notice uh, in this song um, was the first time that I was reminded that. Um, these songs don't really always fit the plot um, and they don't really bother to change any of the lyrics to work better in the plot. Like the whole verse about um, uh, I saw myself as a concealed attraction. It's like that's not really germane to, to what's going on and we don't have any reason to think that she feels like that. But it's in the song so we're just going to keep it there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like... This is an example of something we'll see throughout the film of really emotionally complex songs being set to the most mundane tasks. Like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like the, the staging for this song is her taking a shirt off of a hanger and moving a picture frame. That's kind of all yes. that happens. Yes. And, and some very clever and gimmicky cinematography that takes us, from one room in Greece to another room in New York. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so now we, we flash back to uh, young Donna, and mm-hmm. she's encountered her first beau along the journey, and they end up in a Napoleon-themed restaurant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's only one thing that could happen at that point. Yeah. And yes, it's Waterloo. What a delight to hear There's this only one thing that can happen, which is that... Uh, the homosexual in the film uh, immediately falls in love with this insane woman yes, um, and sings Waterloo to her in a restaurant, which is on the opposite end of the staging. Uh, if you're like to put the staging in terms of like mundane versus over the top, like Busby Berkeley, this is probably like before a Busby Berkeley. There is a lot of stuff happening in this number. Oh yeah. This is about as, um, as over the top as any of these sequences get. Um, <laughs> what were some of with, the tableaus with, that stuck out to you? Well, I was, I, oh boy. I mean, the, the, I think the whole lead up to, to the song is kind of a mess where he just sort of comes out and he's like, listen, I'm a virgin. Are we going to do this or what? Yeah. It's, it's, it's very uncomfortable and very strange. And, um, the fact that it results in the two of them having sex is utterly baffling to me. Yeah. But um, Waterloo is a great song, so I guess there's no accounting for that. Things um, in the dance number to note is that it features pretty yeah. prominently a differently abled woman in a wheelchair. Uh, at one point, she spins around in a circle, and it seems like she shoots them all dead, which is interesting. <laughs> it does look like that, doesn't it? Uh, there was also, I could not take my eyes off of like an older Asian woman who had a pretty good getup, but there's just so many weird 
yeah, like tableaus for lack of a better word. There's one like three second shot of two waiters opening a door and then another waiter is pushing Donna and I forget his oh, name, yeah. Bill oh, yeah. on a little cart yeah. and they're eating grapes and then they close the door. Yeah, Why? Right. How did th- that didn't tell me anything because, about because Napoleon. Because they just don't know, they don't know how to fill out this whole song. It's, it's flimsy and it's barely working and, uh, and we don't want to cut the song down. So I guess we'll just have to make it work. It's one of these weird dance numbers where like, time doesn't exist where like every three seconds there's a totally different setup and you're like <laughs> i guess we're experiencing a different kind of reality yeah where, like yeah it's not like a big choreographed dance number it seemed like 16 choreographed numbers and then they splice different bits together yes we're kind of suspended in time uh for the duration of this number which goes to my grand theory of this movie which is i think this is a movie about quantum physics we can get more to that later, but I think this scene especially bends our understanding of time and space. Fascinating. Interesting, interesting. So they sing Waterloo, they have sex, and then... And also, Waterloo is where we get the appearance of one Benny Anderson. Oh my God. And he's playing Our Last Summer on the piano in the that's bar. That's right. That's right. Oh yeah, that's that's one thing we should mention too. There's a lot of good underscoring interstitial oh music. Oh my God. Uh, featuring instrumental versions of the ABBA songs. Um, and and they, they chose some good ones, so keep your ears out for those uh, throughout the film. Okay, so, yeah, we have the 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 first bow uh, is met, and uh, there's a dance number, and then they bone, and then now we meet the second bow, who is the guy on the boat, who I believe is Bill, who's the Swedish guy. I think so, yeah. She goes from Paris, France, where she meets the first dude, the gay dude, uh-huh. uh, all the way to Greece. She runs to try to get, in the, get on this ferry to Kalakari, I think it's his name, and she just yeah. misses the boat, and she runs into Bill, uh-huh. uh, a man I find strangely handsome, and then I look at his face, and I'm like, I don't know why I think you're handsome, but I'm attracted to you. Oh, interesting. Uh, interesting. He's, he's got a vibe. He, He's got a vibe, and he's like, I will take you to this island. Yeah, and along the way, he tries to uh, induce some funny business, Mm -hmm. which does not happen the first time, which I thought was sort of an interesting choice. Exactly. Um, He does, however, sing, Why Did It Have to Be Me? What a great song. Great song. Good song. As it started, I was like, huh, this one? Like it's yeah, not well, sure. it's not a well known ABBA song by any stretch of the imagination. So I was no, surprised. but they they they're they're digging down at the bottom of the well a little bit on this movie because they use so many in the first film, yes. and they can only reuse so many in in this film, and they do. Yeah, they do. So he sings, uh, "Why did it have to be me? Like, why did I have to fall for you again? Like, men are just falling for this woman for essentially no reason." Yeah, and very quickly. Very and then quickly. He he drops her off at the island uh, and says, I'll be back in a few weeks. And as she's sort of discovering this broken down um, uh, sort of house space for the first time, she sings, I have a dream. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's also in that interstitial space, uh, it cuts to Sophie going to meet her two aunts. Oh, yes, right. Rosie and Tanya at the boat, showing them the hotel. And it's like, can you believe she thought of this? Um, And at this point in the movie, Sophie introduces Tanya and Rosie to like the the manager of the hotel, a man 
named Señor Cienfuegos, which Tanya tells us means a hundred fires. That's right. Played by Andy Garcia. At this point in the film, I turned to my sister and I said, I think we all know what his first name is. I did not know. I will tell Steve. you. I will tell you. I was shocked. <laughs> oh, I, 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 immediately I thought, okay, we're meeting this guy. He doesn't have a first name. This is, they're setting us up. We're, we are sitting ducks here waiting for the big reveal. Yeah, I was shocked by it. I will get to the big reveal, but I was shocked by yeah. it. Tanya yeah. oh, does God, utter one of my favorite movies or favorite lines in which she first sees him get out of the car and oh, says, yeah. be still my beating vagina. Fantastic. Fantastic. So she's like, can you believe my mom thought of this? And then it like transitions back to the past of Donna seeing this old broken down farmhouse and imagining what it could be. And saying, right. I have and a dream. Is, and this is also when she runs into the horse for the first time, right? I believe there's a so. storm. Oh yes, she runs into the horse. One can only assume the horse is a nod to our beloved Anyeta, who is not present in the film but is always present in our hearts. Exactly. The you probably didn't stay for the credits to see this, but the horse was actually Proud Lingenberry. Um, Anyeta's That's right. Famous Proud horse. Lingenberry himself. Um. Here's the problem. She's like in this house. At one point she slides down this banister that's like rickety as hell. Like you would not slide down this banister because you would get splinters all over your fucking lily white ass. Like Yeah, a huge huge mistake and and the stairs break when she does it and are magically repaired in like days. <laughs> Have you did you notice that? They're just fine yes. again a few yes. days later. That's, that's I thought that was sort of interesting. I love that she just goes in this house, starts walking around, breaks shit, and is like, oops, oopsie poopsie. And then there's a rainstorm, and then she realizes there's, like, a horse in the basement? And it's such a powerful horse that she... Very powerful horse. horse. ...that knocks down these beams. She runs around in the rain like a crazy person. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're skipping some stuff because... When she gets dropped off on the island, Bill is like, there's a storm coming. She's like, it's beautiful. And he's like, no, there's a storm coming. And, oh, right. And, and, then, the and there's, a, and there's time, a concurrent storm in the present. Yeah. Absolutely. Senor Sinfuegos is like, there's a storm coming. It's going to be terrible. And Sophie's like, it's beautiful. So the storm happens where there's like a horse in the basement, question mark. Donna runs like a maniac to where, question mark? We don't know. And she runs into... Uh, the young version of Pierce Brosnan's character. He gets on his motorcycle, goes to the house, and they tame the horse. And you're like, oh, a horse. This is going to be really important. And then in the present time, there's a gigantic storm that starts to blow all of the party decorations and preparations away. And Sophie, do you remember what Sophie does in the midst of this terrible storm that seems pretty violent and destructive? Yes, Yes, she goes out and stands on the dock... And tries to hold like uh, uh, some decorations in place. Yep, she holds with two Pierce Brosnan. Poles. That's right. That's right. She's just like in the midst of the beach, just like holding these. I've got poles. this. I've got it. Insane. Uh, and then it shows them after the storm's over, and they're still on the beach, like they were just there for hours holding these bamboo poles. Like <laughs> someone has got. Unbelievable. To, if she's gonna run a hotel. She has got to do better at crisis management. 
I mean, it's it's literally the last thing that that most people would think to do is to go to the end of a dock during the storm. I think that's that's clearly the wrong move. I don't think you need to take a course from some New York City hotel elite to know that one. <gasps> Be like, oh my god, my house on house is on fire. I've got to go stand near the gas furnace and make sure it's okay. Like. No, I'm pretty no. sure you need to get somewhere safe. So no. you got to get the fuck out of the house. Um, or in this case, stay the fuck in the house. It's so insane that she goes down to that beach and holds those poles. So after the storm, untold damage to Hotel Belladonna. Yes. Uh, and Sophie's wondering, how are we going to fix this? What are we going to do? Can we fix this? Is, Can is we our fix whole opening this? ceremony ruined? All these rich people, they can't get here. Uh, while in the other timeline, Donna and this other guy are really falling for each other. Yes, indeed. What is the next song on the list? I'm surprised they can't remember. The next song on the soundtrack is Kisses of Fire, which is uh, used oh. in, a, in, a, in a very good way, I think. I mm-hmm. enjoyed the way that it was included. It's sung by this kind of smarmy Greek singer dude at this yeah. cafe where Sophie goes to try to get a gig. Or uh, yes. Donna, rather. Yeah, he looks like Greek Frank Zappa, which just means Frank Zappa. Uh, or a little bit like when Uncle Jesse played his Greek <laughs> cousin Stavros on Full House. <laughs> I definitely got a little bit of that vibe. Good one, yes. So hes I didn't even recognize it as an ABBA song. I just thought it was like a generic 70s song. And then I was like, right, oh, no. no, this is a real 70s song. He sings it. And Donna's like, I've got to perform here. I love your band. I love it. And then they're like, sing us something. Yeah. And she's like, hmm, God, out of all the songs they could possibly sing, what the fuck does Sophie sing to show off her voice, Zach? Andante, andante. Andante, andante. Would you believe it? What a stupid fucking song. Agreed. I actually, I, I enjoyed it in this context more than I remember enjoying it as a song in the past. But it's, you know, it's classic movie, like somehow the band knows all the chords and exactly what to play behind Donna, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, tired, but th- used well, sure. I think, in this, in this movie. As soon as she got, I didn't know what song it was until she went, Andante, Andante. Just those two words and yeah, those same. notes are the only good parts of the song. Yeah, true. <laughs> the rest of it just sounds like a typical, a typical paint by numbers song. Typical like, paint by numbers. I couldn't agree typical more. Typical paint by numbers. Couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah, so she sings Andante, Andante, which is like, this is actually a circumstance where the writers of Mamma Mia 2, it's not 2, Mamma Mia, here we go again, Mamma Huga, could have picked any song to show off her voice, and they picked off this one. It makes sure. no sense. Sure. I mean, I get it. She's trying to be like, treat me so gently, I fall in love so easily. Like, it does, like, like a musical tell about the character, but I was not yeah. bowled over by that. I, well, I also wonder how much of this is like Benny and Bjorn digging through the catalog and thinking, oh well, th- this this song deserves a little bit of attention. Can you guys sneak this one in there? You know, I wonder how much of that there is to this. I would have loved it if they were like, if, sing something. And she's like, I gotta sit down, pick down, pick up a cotton. 
would have yeah, that would be great. lost my goddamn oh, Lordy. That's I still don't have a problem with that song. <laughs> oh god, what a mess. Anyway. They're like, um, you can perform here. Bring your bring your duo, your dynamos here. Yeah, and bring you guys the can all perform here. here. That's right. So the dynamos are on their way. They're on the first boat to Greece. Mm-hmm. Um also at this time we find out that young Pierce Brosnan is engaged back home. Oh, we find that out in name of the game. Yes. Yes. So, it, well, it it results in the name of the game. Yes. The so fallout he, is that song. Uh, no. The fallout happens after that song because she wakes up early, and she's like, "Is that the next oh, song on the right. soundtrack?" Oh yeah, you're right. No, knowing me, knowing you is the one that. Yeah, yeah. That is them breaking up. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Is name of the game the next song on the album? It is. Yeah. So she's like on a boat and he and she's like, let's live here. Let's like be crazy. Let's like don't go back to your normal life in England where you're an architect. Stay here on this island. He's like, I'll think about it. And then he takes these like candid photos of her on a boat, which later show up in Hotel Belladonna. Yes. And then she wakes up in bed next to him and starts singing name of the game and the dumbest fucking staging for a song Terrible. I have That's ever what- seen. That's when she meets the goat. That's when she meets the goat. The whole staging premise and choreography of this song is Donna makes juice. Like (laughs) this like unbelievably (laughs) complex song about melancholy and desire and expectation. They're like, why not her make orange juice by hand? That's what they thought of. She goes to an orchard. There are so many fucking oranges close to her head and she reaches so far out to pick one that doesn't make sense. Like there's like three right by your fucking noggin. Pick those. Yeah, we, we just have to kill some time here. You know, That's she falls out of a tree. She makes like sexual eyes at a goat. The goat is understandably upset about interspecies relations and chases her around the island. Of course. She, she goes back to the house with like three oranges which will not suffice if she knows anything about juicing which she apparently doesn't and then finds a a journal with a picture of this plain looking woman i'll say it a plain looking woman oh and the guy and she's like oh great you're engaged they fight and then sing name or uh knowing me knowing you which is incredible which which also cuts back and forth with sophie and sky in the present day does it? I can't remember. I know that Amanda Seyfried is involved somehow. And I so is Pierce Brosnan. The song does not get completed. You get like most of the song and it stops, which is right. heartbreaking. It's the most heartbreaking thing of all because what a fucking song. Pierce Brosnan does get to reprise a bit of his like very unfortunate singing of SOS in the first movie and he sings yeah, it like that. That is whist- really rough. He sings it wistfully this time, and I actually enjoyed it. Oh man, I I still was like, I mean, I I was I thought it was merciful that they only made us listen to him sing that much. That that was good. He looks at these pictures of Donna wistfully and is like, "So you be done? Can't you hear me, SOS?" I thought it was. I mean the original there was a couple of times in the in the in the movie where they took a song's original context 
sung it slightly differently in a different context and it gave it new meaning. Mm. And I thought SOS was one of those. Like he's singing like, I miss you, you're dead. Like when you're gone, how can I carry on? Like it's not just about like a breakup. It's about like, what do you do when someone you love is dead? They did the same thing with a, why did it have to be me? They give one of the verses to a guy on the deck who sees Sophie like canoodling with another guy talking about heartbreak beautiful yeah th- those are nice moves i just don't want to hear pierce brosnan sing but yeah. i do agree with you in terms of the context fair fair so just to recap donna and this guy broken up on the island she's super sad about it sophie's like what am i going to do about this party nobody knows nobody knows uh in the present uh sophie's aunts i suppose the dynamos yes Tanya uh, and are Rosie. Sort of, Tanya and Rosie are sort of consoling her about uh, the loss of her partner, and they do so with the song Angel Eyes. Oh, what a song. What a great song. They're like getting spa treatments. They're wearing matching robes often throughout this movie, which I didn't know if that was like part of Hotel Belladonna that like everybody gets matching robes. Um, yeah, they're also like eating a lot of like pastries and like. There's a lot of talk about how that's just like so naughty to eat bread. Rosie's character deals with stress by eating and she and Bill, the Swedish guy had, had fallen in love at the end of the first movie and are broken up in this one. And they're like, men are pigs. Mm. This was, this was a choreography that I quite enjoyed. Oh yeah. This was good with all the, all the like, uh, hotel, uh, studs, giving the massages and all the ladies, all the ladies in this movie are like helping each other being like, guys, they're so rough. But also the whole premise is that like Rosie can't get a word in edgewise because all the other women keep like talking over her and all the other men want to help them. <laughs> right. Um, right. Christine Baranski does an incredible high kick. Bless that Yeah. Woman. I never would have picked Angel Eyes. I love that song, but I never would have been like, that's got to be the movie. But it is a welcome addition to this film. Yeah, and it and it really works in the context. Uh, it doesn't feel quite as shoehorned as some of these do. Um, okay, flashing back to the past, the Dynamos have now made it to the yep, Greek they island. They come all the way from the other half of the world to to see Donna, That's right. and she's so sad about her man. And she ignores them uh, almost immediately, but not before they can audition at the cafe. I don't even think it's an audition. I think they're legitimately there to. Oh, it's time like time to for their sing gig. A gig. And she's like, I'm too sad. I can't. <laughs> so stupid. I can't. Yeah, yeah. And but 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 in her sadness, she expresses uh herself yes. through Mamma Mia, which is always a welcome treat. And once they get into it and the band kicks in, all of the townspeople start to pour love into it. the cafe. They just love it. Be- of course they love it. I will say there was a number of times when I saw this the second time I wept openly through many of the musical numbers and I wept through all of the song because it was so joyful. I love it when they get up on the bar and they're stomping and they're dancing. I couldn't get enough of it. I loved this number. It's a total blast. And, uh, and also, um, I, I think it's, it's a good one for the young Donna and the dynamos. Um, it, yes, it really shows yes. them off and it's a lot of fun. You are supposed to believe because of their fucking name that they're dynamos and they perform 
high energy numbers, which we'll get to a little bit later with one of my major sticking points. But they've performed When I Kissed the Teacher in the first movie. They performed Super Trooper. They performed Mamma Mia in this one. Incredible. In the present timeline, all of the dads who supposedly can't make it, well, one of the dads, Pierce Brosnan, lives on the island. The other two cannot make it because they have like prior engagements. But they suddenly realize, like, I have to. I have to make it to this hotel opening for Donna and for Sophie. So they like leave their lives. That's right. And they get to the island and they realize because of the storm, they can't get there through a stupid plot line that I'm not even going to fucking recap. They manage to get a bunch of local fishermen to take them to the island. And Senor Sinfuegos says to Sophie, I think we have people for the party. Because the party is starting and... Rosie is just eating all the fucking food. She's like, I think food's my best friend. And then seniors... And none of the the wealthy people who are supposed to be coming to this party can get there. Because of flights, because of of boats. Flights, right. Everything's delayed because of the the storm. Then Senor Sinfuegos gives these binoculars to Sophie and is like, look, I think we have people. She looks at the binoculars. Boom. Like, boom, chicka, wow, wow. Dancing Queen starts up, and I immediately start, like, pouring tears out of my eyeballs. Of course, of course. A a, a perfect uh, time for this number, a perfect staging for this number, mm-hmm. because it mostly takes place on several large boats that are in the ocean. It's, and... like, it's like four gigantic boats with people dancing, and it's all filled with, like, poor fishermen people dancing on this yes. boat. Yes. Yes, and through the magic of the greatest pop song ever written. Yes. I uh, I feel like these, that might actually be true. I think it might actually be true, too. These boats dock at the island. Yep. Everyone on the island comes to greet them, and they have a big, rousing dance number, and everyone is reunited, Sophie and her dads. Yes. Uh, these fisher people with an island they've never been to. It's beautiful. <laughs> and... Uh, Sophie and Sky, because Sky secretly gets on the boat. That's right. Not That's secretly, right. he so gets on the boat, but like and he, he shows comes back up. and he and he says, "Oh, nothing else matters. This is where I want to be." And she's just like, "Okay, cool." I had one problem with this song. One problem. So, like the people on the boats dancing and singing, coming to the docks. The people on the island coming to the docks on their way to the docks. They cut to this shot of this old woman carrying sticks on her shoulders. And she's like, yes. And she's like trudging slowly with these sticks. And is like, like Tim Allen and like looks up at these people coming. And then they cut to the people and they just kind of like, it shows two people like running to the docks and dancing under the sticks. But like, why did they show us that shot? They all just ignore her and dance right by. I, I, I thought she would maybe join the party or something, but what they do instead is that they, they paint this really sad picture of this resort that's being run by Sophie and company, and then these poor locals who uh, are, are just carrying sticks around and uh, being passed by by these resort people. It's very sad. It is very sad, and I also... <laughs> I just... it. This movie is filled with guns in the first act that never go off in the third. Like you start to Absolutely. you start to see something like that woman carrying sticks and you're like, well, this is going to be a physical comedy choreography bit. Like I thought they would like 
bump into her and sticks would go everywhere. But then people would pick them up and dance with them or like, or she would like drop them and then join them. But like nothing. They, she just is like, whoa, people. And they just run by her. That's it. <laughs> There's no payoff. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Um, it's very sad. All it does is give us a, a picture of the the gross disparity of wealth on this small Greek island. It's very Absolutely. Depressing. It's a real commentary on the deep state. Okay, so Dancing Queen, everyone's at the island. Party time, party time, party time. Donna, in the past, uh, gets caught at the end of Dancing Queen. She jumps off of the bar, and she's caught by Bill, the Swedish guy. He takes oh, yeah, right. He right. takes her onto a, a boat. And they just, like, hang out and have sex and open oysters with pearls in them. Oh, that's right. I don't know why they told us this. We're supposed to learn that Rosie has been in love with Bill for a very long time. But, like, Donna semi-selfishly, like, took her. Though, like, not that selfishly, because she sort of semi-fucked him first. Oh, yeah. And and in her defense, she has no idea that Rosie's interested in him. She never expresses that. Yes. And... Then she gets back to the island. She hangs out with her friends and she's like, oh, I'm feeling really bad. And then like throws up in a toilet. And at the same time in the present time, Sophie throws up in the toilet. And she's like, oh, I guess this only means one thing. I guess we know what that means. I guess yep. we know what that yep. means, which means she's pregnant. And That's which right. reveals the most insane pregnancy timeline since Phaedra Parks on season three of Real Housewives of Atlanta who couldn't remember when her due date was because they kind of move all over the place. They're like, are you seven months pregnant or are you nine months pregnant? She's like, who knows? Pregnancy's weird. And people are like, it's not. It's not that weird. Sophie finds out the night of the party she's pregnant immediate from puking. I feel like when women find out they're pregnant, it's in like week three or four. She, she immediately tells her husband and is like, I'm pregnant. He immediately tells... One of the dads who tells everybody. Yeah, everybody knows way too soon about this. They know way before you're supposed to tell people. She's not waiting that three-month mark like she's supposed to. No, no. No, certainly not. And in the midst of this party, in when we talk about like music in the background, they fucking teased me with some hasta manana. Did you also catch that? I did. Of course I caught that. I loved it. Oh, my God. I was so excited. I thought I was going to be... Love to movie. hear those melodies. Love to hear that. That is a timeless melody. She should have sung Asta Manana instead oh, yeah, of Andante and Dante. Um, okay, just just to to speed through a bit of this pregnancy stuff. Basically, what happens is um, Donna in the past realizes she's pregnant. She wants to stay on the island. This older Greek woman who owns the oh, yeah. cafe yes. reveals that she owns the house that Donna's been squatting in. And that if Donna agrees to fix it up and take care of her horse, uh, which she already has been doing, Hector uh, and Hector, and and th- this gives the Greek woman a lot of respect for Donna. If she agrees to take care of the house and fix it up, she can live there. So Donna decides to stick around, um, and and none of the men are present, and the dynamos go off and do their own thing, and Donna stays. Yeah. Um, in the present. Uh, we're at this uh, party and uh, it's revealed that there is one more surprise for Sophie. Yes. Uh, Sky lets her know that there's one more surprise and she says, I don't think I can handle another surprise. I can't take I think if more. there's even one more surprise, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. And then we see the helicopter. 
the helicopter. Oh my to god! Fly in. And everybody, we knows. all know who's on that helicopter. Everybody knows. They show a fucking like fort worth of guns and armor and artillery at the beginning of this movie by being like, "I'll invite Grandma." <laughs> She'll never come. Rips up the invitation. Of course. Of course. Donna's like, yeah, my mom didn't yeah. come to my graduation. She never comes. Spoiler, in the first movie, they say that she's dead. But I guess she's Is that alive. true? Yeah. Oh, wow. I heard that on a podcast. I don't remember the movie well enough because I hated it so much. But right. yeah. supposedly <laughs> yeah. there's a line about her mom being dead. But we see a helicopter. She's well, not she's dead. not dead. In fact, she's Cher. She is Cher. And when that helicopter lands, it is... I mean, you've seen it in the trailers if you haven't already seen the movie. It is is—it is the entrance that we all hope for. What they don't show you in the movie is what her first entrance line is, which made me laugh and cheer. out. That is one of the moments where I cheered out loud and clapped. Do you remember what the... <laughs> what was it? I forget. Mes enfants, je suis arrivé. Oh my god, right. Let the party commence. Insane. Insane. I can't. It's and she looks incredible. She's got a white pantsuit that's tailored for everything. She's got an I mean, she looks a little she looks a little crazy. I hadn't seen her face in a long time. It's really something else. I'm actually fine with it. I right, I watch well. a lot of real housewives, so I've seen some really bad work. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Sure, sure. Uh so she looks very smooth. Let's just put it that way. So her grandma shows up. She's like, I nev- I'm ready to, be- I'm ready to be a grandma. And then, you know, everyone's like fine with it. Uh, and then they're like, Oh, Sophie, it's time for you to perform or like to give a speech. She gives a speech. She's like, Oh, I always had this dream of becoming one of the dynamos. And they take her like poncho she's wearing and turn it into a cape. And then Rosie and Tanya are wearing Dynamo's outfits. And, right. And then they perform a number. And what song, when Sophie's like, I always wanted to be a member of Donna and the Dynamo's, this high-energy, butt-kicking feminist group, what song does she want to sing with them, Zach? One of the most dour songs in the ABBA catalog, I've Been Waiting for You. Oh, do you guys not remember it? Oh, that's right, because it's one of the most forgettable things they've ever written. I, I could not believe that they chose that and, and that it, it comes at such a, like, it's it's one of the moments in the movie where we're actually, like, w- the conceit is that it's time for a performance. Yes. Right? And you waste it on this number. It's insane. Like, her grandma's there. The crowd is around. Everybody's listening. What's going to happen? And she sings, I've been waiting for you. And they do terrible show choir choreography in these insane outfits while she's wearing a poncho cape. And then it cuts to like fuzzy Instagram filter footage of like Donna giving birth. Which is just so, uh, it, it was, it was easily for me the, the weirdest and most uncomfortable sequence of the movie, the way that they were cutting back and forth the, the like Donna goes into labor and the older Greek woman comes running up and she's going to help her out. She like runs up the hill. She hears the childbirth cries like right, down right, the mountain right. <laughs> and rounds up, it. up the hill. Yeah, it's it's just uh, it's like really weirdly shot and uh, and the filters are very strange and and it's all happening in the context of this song that like is just impossible to care about. Um, so 
it's that 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 for me was was the strangest sequence but then at that point at the end of that song sophie's been born in the past and sophie in the present has sung with the dynamos and she goes to seek the approval of her grandmother played by Cher. she's not really having it she's like in a completely different outfit that's insane that's right, that's right. she's she wearing like pants that have a weird vaginal pleat it's like a green sequined top but like the sleeves are like puffy chiffon but then like at the end of the puffy chiffon huge like aladdin sleeves she has these fingerless sequined gloves on it that's correct and, she, and she's like <laughs> you're a little pitchy but you know that's what i'd say if i wasn't family and then she says, and speaking as a grandmother, oh, it was wonderful. Oh, yeah. And then they look down and they see Senor Cienfuegos. And Sophie's like, oh, you have to meet him. He's just, he's so great. And, Zach, please cut to what everybody figured out except for me. Yeah, and, and in a moment that I can't believe you didn't see coming, Shara <laughs> sees him across the way and she says, Fernando. And he's like, what... Ruby, or whatever. Yeah, whatever her name is. And then the song Fernando starts, and I swear to God, I started clapping out loud. I was so excited. <laughs> I did too. I did too. I, 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 I think I was the only one in the theater. I started clapping. It is, it, for me, it is uh, the 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 introduction to and the sequence of the song are worth the price of admission alone. One hundred percent. Just absolutely everything you want it to be. They do some really weird, stilted, yes. awful choreography. Yes. It's just delightful. There are CGI fireworks just going fucking bonkers behind them. There it's, are. It's so, everything you want from the sequence. There are so many fireworks in the sky. I am shocked that the island didn't catch on fire. Like, well, the thing is that there, there's no <laughs> way that fireworks like that can be naturally occurring because they're, yeah, there's, they're, they're so intense and there are so many. I've never seen a fireworks display like this. Um, it's, it, it's, it's completely insane. It's like when you watch a fireworks show, there's typically like a big one and then like two or three on the side. The entire it's fucking skyline is filled with it's big, big ones. Like yeah. 360. Their budget for fireworks was insane, according yeah, to the hotel marketing. Uh, yes, yes. It's it's a it's it's a completely insane sequence and very strange and uh totally wonderful and the perfect use of the song, which is one of their great songs and uh, is sung and auto-tuned beautifully by Cher. like Cher's performance of it way better than I like the original. There's like... It's pretty great. It's... She gives a kind of heart that I did I don't expect from Cher and that I didn't think... Excuse me, that Abba didn't have. It's fantastic. They also knew from the very beginning they were like, we're creating this character just so we can have the song Fernando and also 
they wrote the part just for Cher. They were like, there is one person to play this. Yeah. And it is Cher. Yeah. And Cher took it. She was up for the part of Tanya, Christine Baranski's character in the first movie. I'm glad she didn't get it because Christine Baranski's oh, incredible. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and she would have upstaged everything else. This is exactly how she belongs. It, yeah. It's a, 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 a very a brief and wonderful feature at the end of this film. And she, I think she was given something like 28 different actors to choose from to play Fernando, and she chose Andy Garcia. That's wonderful. Yeah. He's so Fernando, Fernando is one of the major highlights of this film for me. Yeah, absolutely. And then just just to wrap the the film up very briefly, um, we we cut to a future when uh, Sophie's child has been born. It is the child's christening, and mm-hmm. in this moment, we are visited by the ghost of Meryl Streep singing, "My Love, My Life," a song that I could not remember when <laughs> when it started, and it I wasn't until either. she sang "My Love, My Life," and I was like. Oh, yeah, I think this is sort of familiar, but it works well in the film. Yeah, it's a very pretty song, and it works really well for the moment that it's in. And I, 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 it was one of those for me that was like, yeah, not, not a great song on its own and not one that I would remember on its own, but, but uh, uh, well placed and well chosen. Did I weep through the whole thing? Absolutely. Are you kidding yeah, of course, me? Of course. Um, and then, so, and then it, it's it's a very brief and weird fade out at the end of that song, and that's the end of the movie. Except, except for Super Trooper, which is uh, in the style of the Mamma Mia mega mix, uh, <laughs> insane Vegas <laughs> show that happens at the end of the original. Um, it's, yes, it, it's, it is it's just completely like the fucking nuts. So it like starts by this shot of like a spotlight, and then it goes, and then you see what is presumably the silhouette of Cher in an insane wig. Like though it's like a bob, but the bob has been lifted to come up 90 degrees on either side of her head. Yes. yes so exactly. she's, a, she's essentially wearing a big platinum orange wedge on her yes. head. That's super yes. frizzy and an outfit that's covered in decals. And they start to sing super trooper. And Zach, you sent me an audio clip of you doing an impression of Cher singing super trooper that I would like you to reprise. The the greatest possible word that Cher could ever sing is in the first lyric of Super Trooper, and it's this. Glasgow! <laughs> I cracked a little on that, but you get the idea. Hearing Cher sing Glasgow is... Uh, uh, has there ever been a better word for Cher to sing? <laughs> There's never been. I mean, I do think she does well with city names, like, I was walking in Memphis. Like, she sings the word Memphis really, really well. She she sings Glasgow really, really well. I she sings the word she sings the word Glasgow uh, as well as anyone has ever sung a word. I was sick and tired of everything when I called you last night from Glasgow. All I do is eat and sleep and sing. did not know until tonight that the lyrics of the song were wishing every show was the last show because oh, yeah. the way Abba sings it is insane. And then the way she sings, she's like, 
We should never show what show. Like, <laughs> what are you singing? And then this is where the time space continuum quantum physics really breaks. It where, erupts. Where every character from every time period is at the Hotel Belladonna singing Super Trooper. In in crazy pants and shoes. And the the young uh Donna and the Dynamos are wearing those crazy looking uh, cat but tunics. very iconic cat tunics <laughs> so <laughs> that we know and love so well. That brings me to uh I posted on Instagram last night for people to give me feedback on what they thought the uh best song in Mama Huga the worst song in Mama Huga was what the worst outfit was and one word that describes the whole movie. And I heard from numerous people that they thought the worst outfit were those cat outfits. And I had to write back to people and be like, those are iconic, legitimately beautiful outfits. And I need you to stop. Everyone I was with hated those outfits. And it was because they didn't know that those were uh actual abba outfits i'm not kidding that was one of the moments i gasped because i was so excited (laughs) oh yeah i loved it i thought it was so great that they that they snuck those in um uh the t-shirt dresses at the end were terrible uh i heard someone else say the worst outfit was the poncho jumpsuit that sophie wears yeah that's i heard someone's someone said shares i guess which is like i guess everything she wore Uh Um, someone also said, again, the t-shirt dress, they described it as go-go boots and weird sleep shirts with characters on them. Gag. (laughs) Uh, Some people just don't appreciate the finer things. My friend Damien said, I can't think of a single bad look, which (laughs) says a lot. (laughs) Uh, I also wept through Super Trooper because I thought it was super emotional. Yeah, it's a great sequence, and uh, and then there is a little post-credits scene, which I won't spoil here. Sure. Uh, but if you didn't stay after the credits your first time, maybe try it next time. It's sure. a delight. The, the word that people use to describe it, uh, I see the word gay. Perfect. Uh, so gay was by my friend Val. Damien said it was perfect. Uh, my friend Steven said it was escapism. Uh, Teddy said it was joy. A former student of mine said party in all caps. Um, and that gives you some of how people reacted about how would you describe this movie, Zach? Um, I, I, I can't take issue with any of those words. I think those are all pretty perfect. I would say joy. Um, it, yes, it, it is definitely escapist. It is definitely very joyful. It is definitely campy and, um, if you're into just uh, a good, fun, light, breezy time with some truly baffling directorial choices, um, then I-, I can't think of a better film for you. But there's less baffling writing and directorial choices than the first one. It's like a yeah. much smoother ride. It is. It is a much smoother ride. And I, and I, um, I have to imagine it was written by different people. Yes, it than was. The, than the play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean... The ballads are far shittier. There are some repeat songs from the first one, but it's just overall a better movie experience. And Cher yeah. really makes it worth the price of admission. Yeah, and it's and the thing I have to say is that it is kind of long. Um, but but they they do a good job of kind of giving you these little shots of energy when you need it. And uh, Cher in the last 
chunk of the movie is definitely that. Absolutely. Um, before we wrap on our very positive take, are there any last minute notes that you want to make sure we cover? Oh boy. Um, I don't think so. I think we sort of covered everything that I had in my head. I just wanted to talk about the goat mainly. Yeah. The goat, the horse, the Greek washerwoman or stick woman, I guess. Yeah. The stick woman. We were thinking, we talked a little bit over text about like what great songs got really overlooked. And I started to go through their albums the past couple of days and there weren't a lot that like, for example, I think the song Elaine, I think the song Elaine and Cassandra are fantastic. However, they would have to create a character just with those names. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so that's the thing. If they those. do a third one, right. If they do a third one of these, they're going to be really scraping the bottom of the barrel or they're just going to use all the same songs. I love a lot of their songs from Voulez-Vous. They're disco ones, like Lovers Live mm. a Little Longer. If it wasn't yeah, for the good. nights, As Good as New. Oh, yeah, that's a great song. Good as New, yep. Um, I think Ring Ring could be used very well. Yes, Ring Ring is dying to be used. The, f- the four that I put for great songs that I think should have been used, first is I think they could have used My Mama Said. Like given oh, yeah. given all the matriarchal relationships, they could have had one about like yeah. my mom. My mom helped me under a thumb, but I just wanted to live my life. Donna could have really done well with that one. Yeah, I think Sophie could have sang at the party. I think she could have sang "Love Light." I think that's a good one. Yeah, that would have been better than I can't even remember what it is now. The one that she actually I've been sings. waiting for you. That terrible I've been fucking ballad. For you, right. Yeah, Ugh. and I already mentioned Elaine, and another great ABBA song they don't sing is "Under Attack." Oh yeah, that is a great song. Like all the other ones that I could think of, were like you really couldn't figure out a way to use it. Like you owe me one about someone being like, "You took away my good time. Now you owe me a vacation to the Bahamas." I don't know how you shoehorn that into the plot. Right, right, yeah. Like King Kong song, but there are, fucking there are some... love it. But how are you going to shoehorn yeah, that in? Yeah, I mean, that said, there are definitely some in here that I don't know how you shoehorn into the plot, and yet they <laughs> decided to anyway. Yeah. So I, I'm sure someone could pull it off. Asta Manana would have been fucking fantastic instead of an interstitial. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great song. Um, that's a great song. That deserves real use. They did record on the soundtrack, you'll notice, Meryl Streep sings The Day Before You Came, but they never used it in the movie, which is sad, because it's a very, like, Uda Lemperer, like Weimar Republic, German cabaret style arrangement. My desk around a quarter after nine with letters to be read and heaps of papers waiting to be signed. I must have gone to lunch. At half past twelve or so, the usual place, the usual bunch. And still on top of this, I'm pretty sure it must have rained the day before you came. Yeah, it's very, um, like, I listened to that on the soundtrack today, and, and she does a nice job with it, but it's such a, like, an exposition-y kind of song. Yeah. Um, I feel like it could work on stage if you made this a, a stage show, but I, in the movie, I think it would have been 
totally exhausting. Absolutely. So I think they made the right choice as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, so I would give this movie 4.5 out of 5 stars. I would take away 0.5 stars for the class warfare embedded in the movie. Yeah, uh, uh, unacceptable. I would give it, I'll give it a three out of five uh, for myself. But yikes! Uh, speaking strictly as an ABBA fan, it's a, it's a 4.8 for me. Sure, sure, um, sure. As, as, a, as a person who also is just a person watching movies, uh, I don't love it so much. But it's a great time. And if you love ABBA, then uh, you, it's a must-see. You have yeah, to yeah, see yeah, yeah, yeah. The the script and it's could a blast. Have, the script could have used an Ocasio Cortez to help some of the progressive vision of the film, and Absolutely. the musical director could have used you and me to help pick out some of the better songs. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I also could have used cameos from the women in ABBA, but I guess maybe that was too much to ask. Exactly. Oh, by the way, I was listening back through ABBA today. We never figured this out. The song "Happy Hawaii." is why did it have to be me, but with different lyrics? Oh. Because I was listening to Happy Hawaii today, and I was like, oh my god. How did oh, we... Oh, wow. There was, like, there was like a podcast listener of ours in like New Zealand who's like, I can't believe it. <laughs> these fucking fools, these amateurs. <laughs> they never well, talked about it. Well, now it's on the record. Now it's on the record. Now it's on the record, and, and you can all calm down. Hopefully, you and I will find another chance soon to talk about ABBA and to reach back out to people. Yes, yes, I'm sure of it. Um, if you guys want to reach out to us, let me pull it up real fast. Um, you can reach us at voulezvouscast at gmail.com. Zach, where can people find you? Uh, my my sole remaining social media is Zach Jones Music on Instagram. So uh, check me out there. Yep. And I will probably be deleting uh, Instagram in the next few weeks. But uh, <laughs> well, there you go. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning back in to Bulebu with Zach and Steve. As always, I'm Steve, and I'm Zach, and thank you for the music.